My name is Vida, Sister Prince. Today is Tuesday, March 30th, 1993. I am interviewing Pearl Shanks on her life for the Oral History Project, Race and Memory in St. Louis. This is an independent study supported by the Missouri Historical Society. Pearl, uh, your date of birth is what? March the 29th, 1926. 1926? Yes, yesterday so, was my birthday. Oh, <laughs> birthday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you, how old were you? 67. 67. Yeah. Um, when you were growing up, who lived in your home? Who was part of your family then? My mother, father, and two brothers. And two brothers. I was the youngest. You were the baby. Mm -hmm. um, what was your father's name? Raymond McFarland. Raymond, and your mom? Gertrude. Gertrude. And your brothers? Uh, my brother, uh, Raymond uh, Jr. and William. William. And, and what was the difference in the ages? Uh, there was about uh, three or four years difference okay. in our ages. Right. Where did you live? We lived in the city. In the city? And, yes, and uh, we lived uh, 3515 Clark Avenue. That was between um, Grand and Teresa. Uh, usually, our, I didn't know at the time that we moved there. Uh, the neighborhood was changing. I remember, I think I was about five years old, and uh, the neighborhood had uh, Irish, some Dutch was in the neighborhood. Our next door neighbor at that time was an uh, Irish family, and uh, it was just a one short block. 3515, the 3500 Clark was just one short block to Grand. And of course, most of the, uh, it was around uh, a lot of Catholics because the big church, the big church was up on Grand. Um, that was it. So was that unusual at that time for? Uh, to have whites yes, in there? Well, uh, yeah, I think it was unusual. Uh, I was really too young to know what was really happening living next door to a white person, but I guess it was sort of a, began to be a white flight, but we didn't know it at that time. A white flight? Flight. They flight. began when black started going into uh -huh. it. At that time, it, we were not saying black, we were saying color. Colored. Uh-huh. The colors, people, we lived on that block. And uh, the Bresleyhams and some other whites, I didn't really know their names. It was about Three, three or four white families on the block that I can remember when I moved there, because mm -hmm. I was about five years old. And and did they have children? Yes, they had children. Uh, next door neighbor, the Donahues did. They had uh, three sons: uh, Jimmy, Eddie, and Randall, and Mr. and Mrs. Donahue. And Eddie was my brother's best friend. Mm -hmm. And then they would play. I didn't play too much because I was the only girl, but I knew them. We would talk over the fence, but my brothers, they would play because they were boys. Um, girls just didn't go where the boys would go, but they would come and sit on our porch, and my brothers, they would play back and forth. They would go to the show and play in our backyard, and my brothers would go to the show on Saturdays for a nickel, but of course, you know, everything uh, was segregated. so. They would go to the Strand. That was down by the Union Station. You know where Union Station is now? 
Well, right across there, that was a Strand Theater that was for all blacks. I think that's the Irish pub now. But anyway, Eddie used to go for Nickel to see all the chapter plays and time mix and all of that. And as far as racism, at that time, I was uh, a little older. Uh, I I wasn't really friendly. My brothers were very friendly because they had boys to play with. I had girlfriends next door. But Eddie, they would always want to go to the show with my brothers. So my brothers would ask, why can't we go to your show? And the Fox was just on grand. So that was one point, but we didn't pay too much attention to that because they were friends and playing, so everybody got together. But that stuck in my mind. But the first thing, the first time that I actually knew about it because my mother would tell us about it. When uh, I went to Virginia to visit uh, my grandfather, that picture that I showed you over there, and my father didn't want my brothers to go. My father was born in Xenia, Ohio. My mother was born in Decatur, Alabama. My father, he just did not want to go down south. Don't take the boys down south because he said he he would get in trouble if something happened to him. But anyway. This was the 30s now. We're probably into the Yeah, it was in the 30s. I was born in 1926, so it had to be in the 30s. But my brothers, they were older. We went down to Virginia when we, we took the bus. And that's when my mother, we were on the bus, and we had to change and get in the back of the bus. And I heard her said, oh, we're, we're going to cross the Mason-Dixon line. And we had, a mother had a basket with our lunches and everything. That's what we were going to eat. And we got to this stop. We got to the Mason-Dixon line. I was wondering why we had to go to the back. Well, it was okay. I thought, it, well, I didn't think too much of it. But when we got for the restroom, because that made us have the long seat, all of us could sit on the long seat. So, of course, that didn't bother us. But then I saw the other people get back in the back. And that's when my mother told me, you're going down south to Mason-Dixon Line, and this is where colored people have to stay. And if you, when we would come to the bus stop, that's what I remember when they had black, white, when the Jim Crow, and she told me about Jim Crow. And I had to go to the toilet real bad, and you had to wait. And you had a colored toilet, and white, you see, that's the way it is down south. And just stand up and just wait. And my brothers, they wanted a sandwich. And it was so long, she said, just forget about it, because we had some fruit and stuff left until we get to Virginia. And then that's when I found out I didn't like it. And for us to get out of our seat to get to the back, and then to go to the restroom, and she explained to us what was what was happening down south. That it's all the different things. When when you're colored, this is the way you have to follow this line and do as you're told. And we asked her why, and she said that's the way the, that's the way it is. That's the way white people. That's the way they act. I didn't like it. When we got down there, and we were playing. My my grandfather stayed in a nice house and we were going uptown my brothers and it was an ice cream store so we said well can we go uptown we said yes so we were just going to go walking and we were walking nice and we would always clean up that was the thing you would always clean up when you at that time your parents would always in the summertime they would clean you put on your nice fresh clean clothes if you were at home if we were at home we would sit on the porch and uh, 
So we were going uptown, and my brother, to get some ice cream. So my uh, brother, we was, they had the Coca-Cola chairs, and they was all put up there. And we did not know we were doing the wrong thing. So we ran, opened the door, we ran in there, and people were standing all in there. And we come, and my brother said, we want some, we want an ice cream cone. And that man said, you get out of here, you big black nigger. And we, and my brother, we <coughs> ran out the store, and we looked at each other, and we ran, and we were so scared. And when we got home, we told Mother, said, where's your ice cream? That man told us to get out of that store, you big black nigger. My brother, my middle brother, fell and broke his tooth. And uh, broke his tooth. And my father found out about it. And uh, he told my mother to send him home. And so they left. So she put them on the bus. And I stayed. And they didn't like nothing about the South. They didn't <laughs> like the cooking. They didn't like anything about it. Because mother said this is good country cooking, and the neighbors would bring us all food. And the first time I ever taste prune ice cream, because um, my mother was coming to see her father, and it was my first time seeing the neighbors were so nice. My brother, they didn't like it. They they wanted to go back. I don't. I like I like that part, but uh, as far as the friendship of the neighbors were very good, but I didn't like that part of the. I didn't like that how my brothers they because we were really scared. We were terrified. That's when I found out about racism, because I was about 10 years old. And then that's when my mother was telling me about how certain people can try to make you look silly, pat you on the head, rubbing your head for good luck, and things like that. Always want you to smile and grin in the face, and just look a person in the eye when you're talking to them, you know. And she explained those things to us. And it stays with me today. And Which part of it stays? All of it. Her. All of it. And what part do you want me to, to stay? Because see, when, see, just like when you get up, when I was a teenager, you would ride the streetcar, you would get here, and okay, this wasn't supposed to be like the South that I remember with the go over to the back of the bus, mm -hmm. but when you would ride the streetcar, some people would get up, you're sitting down, and uh, oh, if there was a seat vacant, and you just sit down, and all of a sudden, the white person get up. You know, you're not doing anything. And you notice that, you say, hmm, that's okay. If that's the way you want to do, stand. And you feel it was because it was you. I know it was me. Mm -hmm. Everybody on the bus that was black and white, because see, this wasn't Jim Crow, although it was racism here. But just that little bit, you know, it was really ignorant. Uh, the bus, you would rather stand up than to, to uh, this was in the 40s going yeah. downtown. This was in the 40s. This is, you know. Right, but that's what we're talking about. Yeah, this was in the 40s. Growing up. Yeah, this was in the 40s and they get down. Somebody's going to stand up. I was 17 or 18 years old then. And I don't, I wouldn't say that it was militant, but whenever anybody would say, you know, get up like that, well, people on the bus, the other colored people, that's what they, we, they were saying at that time, would look around and say, well, or if there was a seat Beside, everybody was sitting there, and there was a place for a white person to sit. They would rather stand than to have that. Not all, not all, no, not all. Just like it is today. So, so not what, all. Did you just like it is today? Yeah, not all people act like that. Some people, when you would go downtown at that time, because all of the help 
was sales girls and everything was they were white girls. I was a teenager then. Uh, even my mother would take us downtown when we were small. Um, she would call Stick Baron for the Grand Leader. That's you know the Grand Leader right. at that time, and we would go there and we would go to Famous and Bar. And of course, there were no eating places there, but mainly we would go downtown because they had nice shoes. Because she didn't want to go to the little neighborhood shoe store because my parents believe in having nice shoes and nice, nice coats. Even though uh, we were considered, I don't know, I guess we were considered poor, but working poor. But my father always had a job. My father was a janitor, and he always had two jobs. He was a bartender sometime. He would uh, serve parties, bar mitzvahs, and different things like that. But my father always had two jobs. And as far as my home life, it was, uh, we come from a happy family, mother and father, hardworking. My mother, she um, was from, my mother was smart, very smart. She was a jack of all trade, musician. Uh, she taught school. What kind of musician? Uh, piano and also uh, taught piano lessons in our house. Uh, she also taught school, not here, because at that time you couldn't be married to teach right. or anything like that. But my mother was very smart. And at that time, I, I think that was during the time it was WPA, I remember, and my mother took a job. I would hate to see her go off in the morning uh, to the job because she was doing um, domestic work. My mother had a smart mind, a smart mind, but she had um, work for rich white people. Uh, I forget the name of them. She would work about two days a week. And that was during the hard times. I think the, the WPA was, I remember my father, the WPA, that was hard times. But we always had, we always had food. My mother could always make something out of nothing. She made my clothes. She could make coats that looked just like store-bought. She, she could manage. She could manage without. It's not like today that you had to do that, and some of that I, I got from her also. But as far as my father, my father never wanted me to work in domestic because, it's, no, I don't want you working in the white people's kitchen. I know what goes on there. He, he did not want me to do so far. I'm not too proud to do it. If I have to do it, I will do it. But so far I haven't because he said so many things go on. It's too much. He didn't want any girls around in there because he knows what will happen some of those girls, uh, sexual harassment, I would say, yeah, to the, on today's term. So I didn't, I did not work. He didn't put it in that way, but he did not want me to do that. Did you know what he meant? He didn't say sexual harassment, yeah, but, but he didn't want me to, he didn't want me to work there. No, he didn't want me to work in, in the, in, if I could, you know, I want mm -hmm. you to get a good job and I want you to, because my mother was smart. She was an educated person. But he he wanted me, she wanted me to be like that. But so far, I didn't. Um, but otherwise, excuse me. One minute. Um, I would just like to say for the tape that Elaine. Um, oh, <laughs> oh this is my oldest. I uh, said something. Then. That's fine. That's fine. I, I just want to, so the people that listen to this tape understand that you you joined us at the beginning, and there were, and your mom was talking. So, what is your last name? Elaine Shanks. Elaine Shanks. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. And um, and how old are you? Forty-three. Forty-three, and those children. No, no, that's no. my niece. Okay. <laughs> my son is, mm -hmm. is eighteen. He's off at college. All right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but anyway, so there's she three of us. She got a maiden name here. back, so that's okay. Why. But mm -hmm. there's three of us sitting here, and uh, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm glad for that. And thank you. Um, all right. Um, so we were on the downtown. 
Um, it was nice going downtown. We, oh, we look forward to going downtown. It's not like it is now. We all and your parents would fix you up. You go downtown. We would go to C. W. Williams. That's where you get the good shoes. They had Buster Brown shoes. It was on the corner of Delmore, and ooh, I just love to go smell the la leather. And they had this thing going up the chutes. And that store stayed up. That store stayed up till about when they uh, was. I think they were tearing, getting ready to tear up down there. That old C. W. Williams. Uh, you used to get old lady comforts. They used to say whenever. Uh, the ladies used to wear those in the house dresses and stuff. Oh, was this a white-owned store? Oh, yeah, all the stores. Well, nothing was owned by blacks. In our store, we had uh, cleaners in the neighborhood. That's when we had a community in our neighborhood. We had black cleaners, and uh, we had... So that was black-owned? Oh, in your neighborhood. In your neighborhood. In your neighborhood. Okay. There several were black-owned, mm -hmm. yes, and black businesses. Uh-huh, black businesses. Well, let's, let's stay downtown, and then we'll come back. Downtown was nice. Downtown was nice when you were young. I'm saying when you're 10 and 12 years old. And you tried the shoes on. Oh, sure. You could do all that. It wasn't like, I guess, down south because I never did. Well, I'd heard uh, in the 40s or that. No, I always. It's the. So that's. We could try on shoes. Um, I tried on the only store. I tried on hats. Now, maybe they changed. I don't know. But I would always go to maybe Sticks and Famous. At some time, I've mm -hmm. heard some people say because they thought by being a colored, you would get it all greased up and didn't want it to right. put on there. Now, I heard that. At the time, I wasn't a hat-wearing person. But at the time when I became age of wearing hats, no one ever told me that I could not uh, try on a hat. And then at that time, I must have been about 20. I could try on hats, but maybe so, I don't know. It might have been one of those subjective things, because even now, in this town, there are places where you can go that I think things are subjective. It depends People on like the sale. You, it depends on the sales hustle And they're more courteous, and they extend themselves a lot more than if they don't like you. And I think they, they judge black people but by their I, appearance and their presentation. But I, think that's, uh, but I think that might uh, be with a salesperson or something. But I don't know. I have heard, I heard that. But uh, my girlfriend and I, we would go to browse and, and everything and find hats. And now, if you would go to the French room, of course, the French rooms, those were the very exclusive, very expensive, very expensive hats. Now, if you would go there, I never did go to the French room. Sometimes the girls, if you see a hat, they would bring, maybe bring a hat out to you from the French room because that was for the very rich ladies. Now maybe in there they might not want you to do that. I don't know. But as far as uh, discrimination is concerned, based on the color of your skin, most of the girls that worked in the tea room, they would be... Uh, Are we sticks or famous? You could be, well I would say famous. I would say famous in the tea room. They probably all were about the same when it comes to skin color. Uh, but I do know famous. Um, in the tea room there, they were most of the girls there, uh, the colored girls at that, I, I'm saying the word, taking going back no, to I'm that glad era. You are. Instead, uh, they would, uh, most uh, coffee cream color. And this is how we distinguish each other, just like m most white people would say, when they see your skin brown, they say, you're colored. We don't say that. We say, you're light brown, dark brown, Oh, she's she's uh, oh yes yeah, she's she's light. When we say light, 
okay, if the person is fair or real light, well, the person fair, well, she's almost white looking. But we have a distinguished our colors uh, were based on, or chocolate brown. Did you judge each other? By the color of your skin? Sometimes you would and sometimes some you wouldn't. Some sometimes you would, some people did sometimes. And a lot of that was, uh, some of it was due to 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 some to to some uh, to some whites and some of it was due to maybe some blacks too uh, because uh, as they always say people used to say when you're white you're right when you're black you get back so maybe that was stemming in some of your mind and uh, put in there even in the newspaper when you would go uh, looking for a job they don't do it anymore you looking a job person my color. I'm looking for a job, elevator operator, something like that. I'm going by to during the time when they have an elevator. Elevator operator, light-skinned color girl. Okay, that icks me out. I can't go look for that job. That's what's in the back of my mind. I'm looking for a job. They say light-skinned color girl, elevator operator, so and so and so and so on. 25 cents an hour or whatever. So they base that on that. That knocks me out. And those were... That was in the paper. That's, those are ads in the paper. But that didn't change. I remember that, that when that, I was a young child. No, but that was in the paper. The but Union Maystone was one that owned the furniture on 12th was one that had it in there. Most of the girls, I guess they thought black girls, darker skinned girls were not attractive and they didn't appeal to the white, the white clientele, but, uh, which is not, well, you know it's not true. But, any, the but anyway, the but anyway, as I would say, when we would go uh, to some of the, the department stores um, and the tea room girls, they had on the little gray and the little apron and things like that, and they would be maybe, those girls were nice looking girls, everybody neat and clean and everything, uh, but the, it was the color. And most what of, color? Uh, what color were they? Oh, they would be, all the girls would be... Uh, just about a medium brown looking. And you were in the tea room. No. Oh. Uh -uh. No, but I'm just telling you oh, how. Okay. How? I no, I didn't work yeah, at no. Famous. Oh. No, I didn't work at Famous. No, uh, but that's the way most that's of them. Later on, they hired. Later on, you know, things got. I guess. Very much later, Mom. Uh, when I was a kid, there were the tea room ladies were like medium brown skin. The, the stock girls. The stock girls were dark, yeah. like my color. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the elevator operators were anywhere from light to medium brown, I and mean, they were usually very pretty. They were the type of women that really belonged behind which, the cosmetic counter. Which one are you talking Am about? Am I talking famous or sticks? Okay, famous. Famous they had very girls. Pretty elevator girls. On a certain side, neat. on a certain side, uh, is it locust? It was on the locust side of the olive side. All of yeah. the, all of the very very. Fair girls ran oh, that elevator. Side. I on the think it's side. on the business section mm -hmm. side when the businessmen on the other side over there. Now the, on the other side, I think that's going by Olive. Mm -hmm. It was the real coffee Olive tone yeah. girls on that one. But on the yeah, that's on the corner of mm -hmm. is that what's that other street? Olive Locust. Locust. Yeah. The fair fair girls they ran that and they because the girl uh, the girl that stayed across the street from me, she was an elevator operator. Uh, they were pretty women. She was real fair, but she didn't have, I, I didn't think she was cute, but she was real fair. Yeah, she stayed nice. across the street from me, and she had blonde kind of hair. She, it wasn't dyed or anything. She just, she just happened to be black. That turned out real fair. 
but uh, that's the way it was there. And that, and the, then the Escalator girls, they would be, some of those girls would be, because uh, a lot of those girls was after school girls, and they would be brown skin and, and uh, olive tone. But yeah, you noticed that when you would go downtown? But that was imposed by you, somebody else, and mm -hmm. I think those values probably were hangover and became a hangover within the black I don't community. Know. Because you have families, there are still, it's not popular now, it's not politically correct, but there are people who just prefer that their children marry light-skinned blacks or, you know, and that I went to a high school that was notorious for, for light-skinned blacks. I went to Sumner High School. And many of the blacks in her time that went to Sumner were professionals. They were educators, they were um, doctors, they were, and a lot of them were fair. She went to Vashon. And they were noted for having dark girls, you know, but, not necessarily but, ugly girls, but the, it's just the, the change in the skin color and the attitude was different. But it's because Sumner's thing, you know, that saying that you said, "When you're white, get when you're white, you're right, you're all right." Well, Sumner's thing was, "If you're light, you're all right. If you're black, get back." And they had that when I got to school there, because you know I had to fight to to get in the dance club. But we talking about racism now. We talking about. That too. Uh, well, yeah, but it's, that all yeah, stems from still, that yeah. same thing, you know. But that's what you notice. That's what I noticed when I would go downtown. Also, when I, we were small, and my daughter also, when she was small, uh, the eating counter. The eating counter. And I think it was in Crescis. That was right yeah. there on the corner of Broadway at that time. And uh, my mother would take, uh, take me there. And it was so crowded. It was so crowded, so and I was saying, "Mother, uh, let's get a seat over there." So she said, "No, you can't do that." So you see all these people. When you're small, you see all these people gathered around there. All these people gathered around, and then you see this long counter from here to back over there, going to my family room, all the way up there. And you see some empty stools up there. Let's. She said, "No." So when we walk over there, you know what it is. And I was shocked then when I got in there, and I guess I must have been about 10, I don't know. When I got in there, it was an elevator. It was, you know, a freight elevator, and it, it was cleaned out, and it had two school desks, you know, wooden school desks. And if you were lucky enough, you got to sit down there to eat your, and then it had a little counter about as big as this table here. And people would stand around the counter, and then all over there in the aisle, in the dime store, you have to say, well, yes, I want a hamburger, I want this and that. And then people, and then they'll hand it to you back and that. And you stand right there, and you eat that, and you block the aisle, uh, that aisle of the people trying to go to the counter that's right over next long that you couldn't go to. No, you had to eat in the freight elevator. You had to eat in the freight elevator. That's racism. Is that what you want? Standing wanted? up. Yeah, standing up. Unless you got a chance to get into the. A freight elevator. Yeah. How many people could fit in a? Oh, I'll say about. Maybe if they had. I remember seeing two desks. Maybe they had four, and then enough room for maybe about three people to stand up, and then everybody would just stand up and uh, around that and because they're waiting to, to and get. And you would do that occasionally when you were, when you were downtown and you wanted something to eat. If you wanted something to eat, usually. Uh, Use if you wanted something to eat. Usually, uh, we would get peanuts and jelly beans, something like that that you have in a bag and get out. But many times, just like kids, you want a hot dog, you know. When my kids were subjected to that, 
And uh, you remember going in there, don't you? I don't know why I remember that. That was a long time ago. I do remember You remember, because I told her about everything. She knows a lot of stuff. Maybe some no, people I, her age did not. Yeah, because I People don't realize they may think mind. that she's older. Mm -hmm. But everything I felt that she should know about these things, like my mother told me, that it hasn't been a very pretty picture. And I don't, I didn't want my children to get hurt. To be shocked. And be I want them to know what's out there when they go. Because my mother taught us how to ride the bus and to go downtown. These are things that you have to do. When we, when we were a certain age, she would let us go downtown and go to Famous and go to Sticks. And we would, of course, you're going to come in contact with white people. So you can't be afraid. But these are things you're going to look for some of those things. And Did she tell you how to act? Did she have to tell you what to She do? didn't tell so me what to say, but we always okay, had good, we had, we always no, no, had no, no, good manners. I mean, no, no, we no, always no, had no, good no, manners, no, but, but my, my I know what you're talking about. So that if somebody happened to come to me and I saw racism. So that, like a survival technique, so that you, would, you wouldn't get hurt. It's a, it was in me. No, she, you learn it. No, I think you learn She didn't that. tell me it's in me. Yeah. I can tell when a person. It's intuitive. The vibes are there. Because when you see it, this person's going to, this person's going to, because when you come up to a counter, you can see the look on your face. And the other thing that you find downtown, and you would find it now, most of you will find it with the younger people. That's why most of the younger white people, and when I was coming up, they say, you're going to make it better for your children. You're going to make it better when there's integration in 54. That's a big lie. Because most of the younger people that are coming up now, they have a lot of prejudice in their heart. No, my and generation, the very people well, that I mean the youngest, demonstrated with, yeah, I'm talking about the very people yeah, but I'm talking who about their children to be racist yeah, all but, over again. No, but I'm talking it's about true. the yuppies. And, and then people have not informed their no. children about being black because they want to spare them too. So we've got a lot of ignorance that we've got to start all over with. But I'm talking about, yeah, you're in that yuppie age, but I'm talking about the age of Gavin. I have ran across a lot of young people age that age my of my, Gavin Williams. My That's son. my grandson. So he's 18. Yes, okay. he's college. Brilliant student. Where is she? He's in Texas. He's a prayer. Prayer view scholarships. He, I had scholarships of all. Oh, well, she didn't tell you yeah, about all right. that stuff. And but, she was. But he's still. A, he's a. He's the son of a boomer. But and I'm saying that baby boomers. We protested everything. We protested the establishment. We wanted equality for women, for for all of the minorities. And they raised their children, both black and white. It seems to me, raised their children and didn't tell them how that attitude was formed in the first place and ignored it when it came to their children. There are black people whose children are not very aware of their history, you know, because they want to spare them. They move out here in the suburbs and they're shocked. They have nervous breakdowns because they did not go through that whole black experience. See, w as you go through it from a child like I did, you build up an emotional callus. It's like being a string player. You have a callus, and so you can hold that string a little tighter. You can endure it a lot better. Well, these children aren't, aren't like that anymore. Yeah. They're not prepared. And by the same token, those liberal whites that were around didn't have the courage to teach it to their children. It's just not a popular thing to do. So their didn't children have the courage to teach about equality and accepting people for who they are. Some, so some of mm -hmm. yeah, some. We, this is not. This and is in not. My opinion, this is not I'm sorry, but in my opinion, a lot less. There are very liberal white people who are my age, and you talk to their children, and they're the biggest racists in the world. 
And you wonder how could they live in under the same roof? What is it? You want me to stop it? Oh. Okay. Um, back to uh, shopping downtown. When downtown was really had mm -hmm. people, factories, and it, it was just beautiful. Uh, are, we, are we into the war years now? Um, yeah. Okay. We we have to be in the 40s and there. That's when it was booming from 40s on up to the 60s. A lot of people were downtown. But from between the 40s and the 50s, because they did not have any black sales girls and uh, my girlfriend and I, and like I said, they had these little counters at all of the dime stores and where you had to eat. And then they had uh, two black girls to, to work behind the counter the, of the things because one of the best principal that was in the town, um, Bernice was a sales girl down there. She's dead now, worked behind. It was good after school job. But they always would give the sales girls, and we went. So why can't we get some jobs at our summers at our school like that? They would. I think they were giving the jobs to the Catholic school that was further downtown. You know, some it was Catholic school down there. But most of those people, they, they were, they, they didn't want to wait on you. They, they would see you come up to the counter, and you could spot people when you come up. You have nothing, and all you want to do is just buy. You get off from work, and I was working then a teenager. I worked in a dress factory, and that's another thing. Which one? I worked at Portnar. That was the first job I ever had in my life, Portnar Garment Company. And that was segregated. I'm jumping back and forth. But getting back to the, we would stop there and get, something, anything, whatever the dime store had. Three really loves the shop, Could as you, you can tell. You know, thread <laughs> and stuff like that because... Did you see it in their eyes? When I see, like, I, um, I'm just a, a funny person. When they come up and the person would come up to the counter and you didn't need a number, they might, you and the, the white lady would get up at the same time. You know she will not wait on you first. She would wait on this white lady, even if you were there. That's okay, so that, that, that well, that's what I was saying today yeah. about some of. The, but so you know, you won't say nothing about that. Okay, so maybe she had a bad day. Okay, so then maybe another person, two white ladies, would come over, and she would be across the counter on that side. You're over here. The girls see you standing here, and you've been there for some time. You're a nice person. You're not going to say anything. In the back of your mind, you say she's playing games with me. Let me see if it's. A, if another white person comes out and she will not recognize me, I will have to, I will have to make her see me. And then you go and wait when you say, lady, lady, I've been saying, oh, oh, I didn't see you. If you were to make a commotion, sometime you will walk away. The next day, come back again, would do that, and they would do the same thing. So you have to go through it again? I wouldn't do oh, it anymore. No, no, no. And then when they get, some of them would wait on two or three people, and you're standing there. Then when you get your money, then they're so busy, and then they throw it on the counter like that. Oh, don't want to touch your hand and all that kind. It's just unnecessary. What, what did it do to you? What did it do? It made me mad, and I would burn like I'm getting mad now. It makes you get real mad. And one other time when I was done, I said, I'm not taking this anymore. And because you can tell when it cooks, mm -hmm, here they are. That's in the back of the mind. Mm -mm. And you, you're in not. Back of their mind. Yeah, you can read the mind. Mm -mm. You can Because that's what I do. I read faces. I read faces. A lot you can see in a person's eyes. Yeah, My mother taught me that. A lot you can see in a person's eyes.
and it is the window of your soul. I don't know if there's and, some tension there. It's almost like a survival and, and I, You can't smell it, but it's almost like a sense. And some sales ladies are so nice. They come in, they said hello. And then some of them, and they might be a big big racist too, but they're doing, doing their job. job. They do, that's exactly. all I want to do. Do your job. I mean, why, don't treat me in it. I haven't, I can't help the way I look. If you don't want to work with the public, it's not my fault. But I just said, I'm not taking it anymore. So when they throw the money at me, I throw it back at them. My mother did not teach me that. You will not hurt me. And then they look at you, oh. And then when they get your bag, have your bag like that, and they throw it like that. And then if you say, you know, you know, you know that's not right. You know what you did. And then they say, yes, you know what you did. You know that's not right. Mm -hmm. Then they... Then they, they get nervous and they walk. You know, you you know, you know. I, I was standing here first. Why did you do that? Let me. Ask and you I said, I'll go get the manager. Would would you uh, would you do that if you were just by yourself, or would you do that when there was somebody She's else? She's done it with me. What like customer? Another like a white customer standing next. Customer doesn't matter. Another. If it's customer. a customer, and I'm polite. If a person is there, uh, many times I would say she was there before me. And some whites, very nice people, they would know that you're standing there, and they would go to this white person first, and the white person would say, I'm sorry, but this lady's she been standing here exactly. a long time. Exactly. And many times they mm -hmm. would say that this mm -hmm. person's been standing here a long time, make mm -hmm. the, girls, the, girl would, the girls or whoever would turn red. And I would say, thank you. And you Because you don't want to go down fussing all so, the time. So that there was a, a, always an a chance that someone was going to... To you feel look, for you and, and to do I don't know whether they, they feel should, should do the right thing. In the I, old days, yes. Some people mm -hmm. would, was it, and like I said, everybody wasn't like, but they would get these nasty people. They were brought up like that, that you know, that's just the way they were. But my mother didn't teach me that. That was just something that I, that I just wasn't going to take. When we, I would say, I could tight my head off when we were in school. We, that's a business course to get out of school. So, oh, we're going to get us a typing job. We're going, my friend and my girlfriend now, we're going all around. Seinfeld's had all these girls. We're going to get us a charge and all this kind of stuff. We look at it and say, look at the girl types. Look at she's picking and pecking. And we would look over there. She can't type. So, wow, we can do 80 words a minute. So we look over and we see all these girls and ding, 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 ding. And they laughing and talking. And we said, wow, we could get us a job here. But now nah, you can get no job here. I think they had white, they had black elevator girls and stock girls. So we went over to, I never forget this place. It's where Bush Stadium is. It was a lot of big factories back mm -hmm. over in there, great big. And I think that was Shepley Hardware or something. So Karen and I, we were going over there. We were just putting in applications. I really didn't want to, really. And we were supposed to be working, getting ourselves ready to go to get close to go to college. Worst mistake we ever made. And so we went in this place. What, to go to this place? Uh, to work, to work and try to get some, to get close so we could go off to school. Why was that a mistake? Because I never did go off to school. I, I got a job at this bad factory. So, so this was Shepley. We went into this Shepley. And this little girl, we asked her, did you, are there any openings? And she told us, she said, we don't hire any niggers. And we looked at each other. And we looked at each other. That's the first time they ever been blunt. 
that was the first time anybody ever came out. The other things was just the vibes that they sent. That was the first time that we were downtown. A little girl told us that we looked at each other, we looked and we walked out. We walked out very proud. And when we got around the corner, we looked at each other and we cried, 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 cried. In each other's arms? Nope. No, it wasn't none of that. We weren't touching stuff. We just cried. We were hurt. So we left. Now, did you go home and tell your mother that happened, or did you just not? I just forgot all about it. I just forgot all about it. Then, I, then we That's went... That's a killer word. Yeah, when you didn't... Uh, when, when people say it out to stun you, people say it to hurt you. Mm -hmm. But you get to the point where it's not hurting you anymore. So you throw it right back at them. I call them, you pull white trash. And my mother didn't teach me that. Because I was, no, I, was on, I was on Grand Avenue minding my own business, like I said. See, and my mother also told me, she said, most of the black neighborhood you would find them by the railroad track. Because when we would go, we say, how come every time we see things, we don't see pretty houses and things like that? And she said, well, in most, most colored neighborhoods, they're going to live on the other side of the track. Say, well, what you mean on the other side of the track? Now, I know what on the, on the bad side of the track. And every city in this country today, if you want to see the bad side, they can talk about Atlanta if they want to. They can talk about all the other places with the big, beautiful home just like this is out here. And you're going to find some bad sides out here. Because they redlining out here. Red this line, is redlining anyway. Redlining follows the redistricting. Yeah, but this anyway. is redlining anyway. Down but the road, redlining. Redlining is setting up, uh, redlining blacks. They're steering blacks to a certain, certain area. area. They're trying to act like that they are really integrating the suburbs. But it's the that's real estate high. country companies steering them to. That's prejudice. Uh, but this is integrated. It's integrated. But oh, we're in the middle of white flight we, out here, This though. is white flight. We're in the middle of white flight out here. This is mm -hmm. racism. Because this is called the new ghetto here. I won't say it's a new. No, I won't say it's a. Some people call it the new ghetto. I won't, well, maybe so, but I won't <laughs> say it's a new ghetto. Why you're fleeing from here? Yeah, yeah. uh huh. It's just. I won't say it's a new so ghetto because a lot of this is like McDonald's, but you Douglas, see, uh, GM. Um, a lot of these people didn't economically couldn't get up and move as quickly as they wanted to, so they're still here. How long have you been here? Six years. Six years. But as I was saying, and at well, our other, at our place. We stayed because my mother didn't move around. We stayed, and most people on our block, we had a fair, we had a neighborhood. Everybody. Did we you talk about when you were young? That's right. That's what you wanted to know. Right. Everybody was nice. We would all get up, clean up. You knew everybody. And the girls, we couldn't go out our yard unless we asked our parents. We had to be in by 9 o'clock. The 9 o'clock whistle would blow. And everybody knew you should be in your house. If you wanted to go to your friend's house, you had to ask your mother. Even my next door friend, after the white people moved, the Donahues, they moved, and they, I think they moved down toward Van Deventer because he got in trouble. He worked for a bank, and he got in some trouble at the bank, and I think they lost their home. But he was, he was smart. He taught my brother. My middle brother was very smart at math, and he used to tutor him a lot. In what was the school that you went to? I went to Waring School. To where? I finished the eighth grade. It's still there on Compton. Uh -huh. It's still there. It was a new school. I, I, my class was the first graduating class in the Waring School. My brothers, at that time, you would go to the sixth grade. They didn't have junior high. My oldest brother 
finished eighth grade from Cole School is 3900 on Cook because he didn't want to go. He was afraid to go all the way down to Lincoln School because those kids down there, they say they, they would fight all the time. So he, we stayed in the 3500, so that was four blocks out to Cole School, which was supposed to be the West End, where most of the West End was supposed to be the better neighborhood. Was this part of Mill Creek or where No, I was in, I was right there in Mill, Mill Creek, as I said, from Grand Avenue all the way down to somewhere, to Union Station, I guess yeah. it was Mill Creek. At the time we stayed there, we didn't know it was Mill Creek. I didn't know it was Mill Creek until my parents had to move. I didn't know we lived. Uh, well, the ghetto, I think they've overused the word ghetto because ghetto, I think, um, if they're talking about ghetto, ghetto, it's, uh, it's many uh, people stay in the ghetto. There's over there on the south side, if yeah, all the Italians are there. Italians, yeah. And that's what I thought. But we always ghetto, say neighborhood. But never, they always say ghetto. ghetto. I think the word ghetto has been overused to that's paper in the street. You know, paper in the street is real nasty, the way you act and things like that. But I thought when ghetto was a group of people that lived together, the same well, type it, of group I think of people. It's an Italian word, and it was originally used for, for Italians. Jews, that's a ghetto. That well, that would be all Jews. They gather that again. If the Italians stay over on the hill, that would be they all stay. But when people say ghetto, the first thing that comes in your mind black. You know, you're a nasty neighborhood. You don't know how to act. You throw paper on the street. You don't know how to do anything. This is what I got when I worked in there. I didn't know at the time that we were living. We had a very nice neighborhood. Very nice people there. We did with everybody. I went to everything in the city. My parents took me to all that was happening. My mother took what? me to stage plays when it was segregated. We and set up in the uh, American Theater. Uh -huh, it was down there on, uh, yeah. you know, down there on Market Street. Yeah. Uh -huh. when you, and you, set up in the you had to sit up in the gallery, oh. way back up there. Yeah, and we had, to, we had to, we had to, we had to, it was big, but we had to sit way up. That's where we had to go. <laughs> and she took me to see Green Pastures. That was a black stage play. And it was really good. And then I think it was Bill Robinson or something came. Uh, one time, and my brothers didn't go, but mother would take me, and uh, I went, and we had to go all the way up, and I just hated that, and I asked mother, why can't we sit down there, you know, we just so, I liked it, and it was good and everything, but why do we have to be up so high, she said, well, this is where you have to sit, this is where the color section sit. And, and as a result of so those right stories, now, I never sit in a balcony. So right I now, never so right in now, a I think that's and uh, 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 just like now, when I, uh, when I, 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 it was only twice that I went there, and you see the other little girls, their mothers, they were down there, and everybody would be, we would dress and look just as nice as they would. We all know everybody sitting up in the balcony like that. I didn't like that. I really didn't like that. And uh, when I got grown. Whenever I got tickets, I said, I will not sit up in the balcony that high up if I can give me a ticket. I would say, and my mother, at that time, she got some good tickets to Marion Anderson, mm. very good tickets to Marion Anderson. I didn't go with her at that time, but it was at the Keel, and she had good seats. What else did you do? What else did it do? We, we, uh, when I was coming up, we would go, um, go to the YWCA, the girls' Y. That was my activities activity until I was uh, about uh, 15 or 16. That's what we did. We went. The boys went to the YMCA. My brothers and they did all the.
different types of activities, and I went to the Y, like I said before. Sister Phyllis Wheatley? Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, one was the first one. It wasn't the first one. It was over in a Quonset hut, and we had cooking classes. We had dancing classes, handicraft classes, and it was from various ages. And uh, I would, uh, my brothers would take me over there because I was too young to go by myself. So they would take me over there, and then they would come and pick me back because it was half a day. And so that was in the summer. I didn't go after school. I just stayed home. Although they did have community centers in the neighborhood for you to go, like the Vashon Community Center, which is there now, down there by where in school. I didn't go there very much because I stayed home a lot of times. Many times I went with my mother because my mother played for churches and different things, and people was they were coming to the house. But that's what I did. I had dancing lessons. My brothers at that time, they were in the drum and bugle corps. Uh, they oh, were in the yeah, Boy Scouts. Really want to talk about that. Yeah, they were in. Okay, this is what we did. They were in the Boy Scouts. They were in Drum and Bugle Corps, and what else? Uh, and the Boy Scouts was attached to the school. That was part of. No, the I don't know. I, I don't know how. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know how that was attached. Were you a brownie? No, I didn't want to be a Girl Scout. I don't like. I didn't like nature. My brothers, they <laughs> went to camp, and uh, my brothers went to camp though, through the Y. And uh, Camp Rivercliff, they still have that camp, and uh, I, I wasn't an outdoor person. And did eventually those white people leave the neighbor, your neighborhood? Mm-hmm. Mr. Donahue did because he embezzled some money, so he had to leave. But, <laughs> but the Bresleyhams, they were old. One lady died. She was real nice, old. And when she passed, they put a black wreath on the door, and we didn't play. Our parents told us not. We couldn't play. Um, but they finally left. They left. Did, did, did your parents um, talk to them? Did they, you know, speak spend to them? time in people's houses? And you didn't visit people's houses. And my parents didn't. Miss mm -hmm. Donahue would come over. Miss mm -hmm. Donahue would come over. And she would she sit in your house and mm -hmm. chat with your mom? Yeah, they would. Miss Donahue would come. She would. She would come in the kitchen, and she would talk. Mm -hmm. Cause she and my mother would talk. They would, would talk some heavy stuff. Would, so they were friends. Yes. Good. Uh huh. Yeah. She borrowed my mother's coat. Mm hmm. She was Miss Donahue was nice. Her sons were nice. In fact, Eddie was with my brother when he got killed, and my brother played baseball for American Legion baseball. And Eddie was going. They were. Eddie was with him, and they were up on Grand. Do you know where St. Louis University is now? They used to have a little park there. They called it Jackson Park, and Eddie was walking across with uh, my brother. That's William, and my brother hopped the truck. I don't know whether Eddie hopped the truck with him or not, but anyway, because I was at, I was in Chicago visiting my aunt at the time, and when um, Eddie was the one that told them that brother. Mm-hmm. And he, was he? sixteen, oh, and he told my mother the last word he said was "my mother," was mother, and Eddie was with him. Mm -hmm. Eddie was nice. He was re he was real nice. We liked them. So so how did your how did your I'm sorry. I mm -hmm. you, what were you going to say? Nothing. Um, so you you had all this going on, which is quite a lot. You had you lived next door to white people who were nice. Uh, they were nice. Uh -huh. You had your trips to the south. You were. I was not, I was about eight. About I was about eight or ten. And and so what did you think of white people? I mean, what did your parents, your father told you not to worry? What, 
what what was coming off in your head? That uh, how were you forming your opinions of of other people? That how did I form my opinions you? of them? Uh, it was sort of like don't trust them. You never trust them because they don't mean what they, they don't mean what you say. Stab you in the back. They want to pick your brain, and they speak with forked tongue. And you just go on from there. And my mother always told my brothers, you go as far as they let you go. My brother was very smart too. And all of it, you do it and you try to achieve. You go as far, you go as far. I got tired of hearing that you go as far as they let you go, which is mean you can get all the degrees and which is true today. You can do everything that you possibly can. You can be smart as a uh, as whip, but you don't have any power and you don't hold anything in your hand. And it's so many brilliant white, uh, so many brilliant black people now, they're just aching for somebody to pick them up, uh, to give them a job, but, and they would rather have lesser unqualified person because there's a lot of qualified people. I worked in employment and it was so many qualified, I worked for the Urban League as you know, and during the time when they had, when they were searching for people to break into the big companies here, Emerson and all of that, we would send overqualified black people, overqualified, and the reason being because so they won't turn them down. If you don't have, they ask for one year, we send them one with two, college. And they accept it. What, you, what years did you work for the Urban I'm working now. In placement. In placement. In placement. I know, but I've worked just about in every department out there. I've been there for 22 years. Um, most of my years was in employment with Mrs. Well, so Williams. With Marie. Marie Williams. Oh, I interviewed Marie. Uh-huh. And she, all of the big companies, they knew her. They thought well of her. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. she said qualify. I was her secretary. I didn't know that. And I know we sent qualified people. And I hear people on the radio right now and said they, during the, this time that they had people, they were not qualified and they sent people to the spook to sit at the door. Mm -hmm. You know, meaning that you just sent a black face because the government wanted a black face. Maybe just one, that's maybe one. But we would go through the records and Miss Williams made very sure that everything, everything, qualifications from head to toe, the color of your skin. And if any time, even in those Jewish factories down there, most of the girls, some of the girls that, that were, if they let them. You mean Jewish owned? Yeah, I guess it was, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they were taking time cards and those, they would, be, uh, they would, uh, they were girls of light complexion. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, I, I do but that was probably so. Yeah, Mr. Klein yeah. wanted somebody yeah. who looked the way. Right, just well, wanted a brown. Just that wanted a brown skin. No, 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 it wasn't. And um, uh, he also told because me that one day somebody came in his office, one of the white women that you know, and, and had a problem, and he said, "Well, you can go home." Yeah, I worked for Mr. Goldberg was the best man that I ever worked for at the dress factory. But uh, getting back to the dress factory, that was another experience in my life that I didn't know about too with racism in St. Louis at the time and this was during the 40s 
and we had to go around the back door to get in. Whites would take the front door on Washington. The blacks would go around in the back and get the freight elevator. You could not ride the front elevator. This is true at 1120 Washington. Now all those buildings are vacant now. You couldn't do that. And uh, at the time, the uh, certain floors were segregated. The color was on one floor. Eighth floor was for the white. We did the same. The same work. We Oh, it's, yeah, you would do the same work. We would do the same work. Our pay was lower. White girls were higher. We were not in a union. And so... Could you be in a union if you wanted? At that time, yes. Uh, at that time, no. Then they started getting the IGWL, whatever that latest garment union. Mm -hmm. Then they formed, they formed that, and I think most of the whites didn't want the uh, colors in that union they, because they would come and speak to you about that. They had their capital. But it was prejudice. And... In some places, they had the black sit on this row, white sit on this row, and the, the women there. And really, some people just, like I said, with uh, different education levels, uh, white people, they treat you so bad. And I learned a lot from that. You know, I learned a lot working on that job because you really see racism when you really, I was, I was really 19 or 20, then you really see racism. And people pick, they, they would really pick you. You know, where do you live? Do you have a toilet? And, you know, saying things want you to be a butt of a joke, mm -hmm. you know. How do you handle all that? Oh, I handle, I handle it. And then well, with... How do you do it? Though? How do I do yes, it? And how did you... And do you have a toilet? What, what do you... How do you have And I say, why, sure. Why, why, sure. It's, it's, it's a dumb question, well, you know. Yes. I mean, it's such a dumb question, you know. I... You know why would why would you ask such a silly question? It really shouldn't be answered. You know, it's not. just it's That's just yeah. You know it. You know, it, you know I just like that to ask a silly question like that. You know, uh, trying to be funny as somebody trying to goose you, which I I wasn't used to it because the people there I just wasn't used. I just wasn't. It was really some low brows there, and I just wasn't. What does education have to do? With I don't know because the, I don't think they had finished even high school. But do you but, think that makes them? So I think they were some. It was some racist. slummy people. Yeah, it, it. I know that nobody there had had any college. Now nobody there you had. Think any college. That, that the college education is going to make a person less racist. I don't know. Maybe they hadn't been around black people, but because I don't know. I don't. I don't know what their reason was. But I thought they were very stupid. To ask silly questions like that, because the women were older than I was. And that's what made it so bad. So that's why I didn't know whether they thought they had a young, silly, colored girl there, and they were going to make an ass out of her. And uh, so when they would come there, want to goose you, and I would always say, I come to work. I did not come to socialize. And that's what I would always what say. What did you feel that your choices were for your future? And did, did your parents, did you all talk about that? About what? The, the, the choices that you had for a future job. Yeah, when you were, when you my mother didn't. My mother didn't school. like. She wanted me to go to college, and that's the only thing that I didn't do. And my mother wanted me to. Uh, she really wanted me to go to college. And, and you didn't go because. Because I said I am. Uh, I have an honest job. I'm not doing anything. I'm making an honest living. I was. I didn't do right. Well, I was a nice person, but I was just doing my own thing, and I should have gone on to school. And I regret it from this day. And uh, I went and I worked. And then I met my husband. Well, I met him in high school. What am I talking about? We met him in high school. 
What uh, did you get a philosophy of life from your parents? Mm, I can just be a hard worker, and whatever you believe in, you you know. I guess that if you want to call it that, mm -hmm. and uh, whatever you believe in, and as long as you don't hurt somebody, I wouldn't go out of my way to hurt anybody. I I wouldn't strike first, but and I would always give a person three times the charm for racism. And because, like I say, people can have a bad day. People can really have a bad day. And I always say when I work with the public, you don't want your attitude to go over to that person because you never know when you're going to be on the other side. And that's the way I would want people to treat me like. And that's what I tried to do. When you were growing up, who were your parents' friends? Oh, they had lots of friends. My my parents were well liked. They had lots of friends. Was it in the neighborhood? Neighborhood, church? outside church, uh, American, my father, American League, all over. They had a lot of friends. Uh huh. They weren't party goers or anything like that, party time. But my father, uh, for they were Republicans at that time. Uh, because at a certain time, you know, all blacks yeah. were Republicans at that time. My people never did change over. And I voted, my first time I voted, I voted Republican. Uh, and when I changed my father, they used to, uh, what was that, campaign for Al Landon, and my brothers would have banners and all that kind of stuff, and they would have campaign, what's that, campaign stuff in the backyard, mm -hmm. put up those chairs and parties. Uh, for the, the committeeman parties, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. the Republican Party, and my father would have that, and my mother would fix things out. Daddy had a keg of beer, and you know how they did in the war. That was during that time. That's when they were Republicans. But then after I found out how things going, I told my father, I can't go along with that. I cannot go along with this. And he said, why? It's just not right. I have to turn over. So I was, I was sort of rebellious more so than my brothers. My brothers, I had nice brothers. My brother, uh, one, like I said, 16 years old. He was. He was nice, he was smart, and my oldest brother too, he's passed away. I'm the oldest one left in my family now. How's that for Uh, I don't know, I, right now, I don't know. It's okay, cause I got to, it's okay, but I feel the closeness of them since my husband died, I always had my husband, but now, um, it just seems like that they're with me all the time, you know. Mm -hmm. Seems like they say that I'm the youngest. Yeah. They say that oh, everything's gonna be okay, it's okay. girl. It's okay. And right now, since this going on, I just seems like my brother said, "Okay, everything's everything's okay," you know. Well, it sounds like you came from such warmth. It was. That um, we fussed. That makes such a difference. We yeah, we would well we had it was no no blissful. <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. My daddy liked to tell jokes, and he used to talk about the war. And we would say, Daddy, tell us about the war. And and, and I was grown. Daddy made up a lot of stuff. He sure did. I think he made up a lot <laughs> of so stuff. Too. Because, you know, and he was in World <laughs> War One. No, that's my grandfather. That's your grandfather. <laughs> uh, but my dad, but my, your mother's or your my, my mother's. 
and uh, and daddy, you know, because in World War One it was segregated. And daddy, and I'm grown now. I said he told me a tale, and he hit the sight of blood. I remember I had a nosebleed, and he went completely crazy. It was so funny. But and he I was grew a, up and figured out. But he was some a cook. Of that was kind of. That was but he true. was a cook. Yeah. And uh, and he would tell us how they would sneak into the cook tent, and <laughs> to the cook tent and all that kind of stuff. He's talking about and he was shooting and God, maybe he did, but he went over to France. He had great souvenirs though. He went over he to had